stories, real stories from real midwives. This is Head On View. Day in the life. <laughs> she said what? These are our stories. Hello and welcome to another episode of Head On View. I'm Carly. I'm Laura. I'm Penny. And today we are talking about breastfeeding and not just breastfeeding but extended breastfeeding. Long-term booby feeding. Yes. So many of you (laughs) may or may not know. So the current recommendations by WHO and UNICEF are actually that breastfeeding is recommended to be continued for two years and beyond. And I know a lot of people will be saying, well, or not a lot of people, but some people, the haters, will be like, well, you know, these, these kids can eat. Like, you know, why do they need breast milk? But breast milk actually still provides a lot of nutrition and I have trouble with this word. Immunological property. Immunological protection. Protection. Yes. Yeah. And so it can help with settling and studies show that it actually can lead to better social adjustment. So a lot of people will be thinking, oh, these babies are so clingy they're still breastfeeding when they're three or four but it does show as they get older they are better socially adjusted and the longer you breastfeed the more you decrease your risk of breast cancer which is great we want that yes yes super so penny let's yes. uh, we're gonna ask you we're gonna get you start you're gonna start talking all today. right go for it what do you think about extended breastfeeding in your job would you see a lot of it as an MCH, I see a lot of extended breastfeeding. Mostly it's breastfeeding more at night to help breastfeed to sleep. And I think if you if that's what you've got to do and that's what you want to do, then I see no problem with it. It's enjoyable bonding experience. Some mums love it. And do you feel the mums are pretty open about it or is anyone sort of like doesn't really want to admit to doing that or do they feel there's like a stigma attached um, to it? Yeah, they're pretty open about it actually because I'm mm. just like, do you breastfeed to sleep? And they're like, yes. And I think a lot of breastfeeding to sleep is a lot of cultural, I've lost my train of thought. A Get lot back of- on it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Penny. <laughs> a lot of different cultures do extended breastfeeding so they feel no shame in it. They just say, okay, we do it. Hmm. So I think you had an experience, Laura, with a mom, like an islander. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we say islander, we mean Pacific, Pacific islands. Pacific islands. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Maori, Samoan, Tongan, people from these areas. Apparently, so this woman, it was her fifth or sixth baby. I can't remember now. But she was saying that they breastfeed their babies, their children, till six, seven, school age. The kids come back from school, have a breastfeed, and then go out and play. Even as an LC and a midwife, I remember just looking at her like, what? They do what? And I didn't find it shocking, but at the same time, she was more shocked that I looked shocked. She was looking at me. She's like, why does that sound so strange to you? Yeah, I definitely think in Australian culture, it's not something you would see as common. Yeah. Um, someone's left the phone on. Um, it's not something you would see as common, like <laughs> seven-year-olds <laughs> being breastfed. It yeah. sort of reminds me of, do you remember there was that show, The Slap? Oh, yes. 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 And then there was the, the character of the Melissa George character, and then she had her boy who I think was meant to be maybe five or six, yeah. and he was still breastfeeding. Yes. And yeah. I think that sort of... This particular woman, this mother, said to me, she's like, why Why do you look so shocked when I say that? I said, I'm, we just don't hear that in Australia. If someone is breastfeeding an older child, 
I think most people's reaction would be, oh, or ew, or that's not right. Or I've heard if the child can talk and walk, they shouldn't be breastfeeding. Which is crazy because <laughs> I, I always feel it crazy because, you know, there's so much goodness in milk. And I, I think mm. that no one seems to have an issue with drinking milk from a cow. <laughs> yeah, And it's like, well, you're a grown up and you're drinking milk that's meant for a baby cow. People seem to think that's less weird to drink milk from another species than, than, than a baby own. or a child drinking their own mother's milk yeah i would say it's more sexualized yeah because breasts are more sexualized in the media as well so say for this islander mum, it's a necessity it's how she parents her children it's a way for the kids to get comfort and nutrition it's cultural for them it's a bonding it's just a norm norm. and then when you've got all these kids seeing that then to them it's normal as well and even during the appointment and she was breastfeeding her her baby i had to get her to sign something i was like oh i'm really sorry you're feeding and the woman her sister whoever it was with her immediately stepped in and held the baby's head and the woman's boob and it was just such a natural yeah. progression to helping a woman you know when you, you parent as a as um, a family as a family as a you know you, they're a tribe where here I, I don't think women breastfeed in public as much as we like to think they do no in our country or you know I've had people when I was breastfeeding look at me I was breastfeeding my son on a plane once and he was one and he was long. He was a big kid, fat baby. <laughs> and I had people looking at me. Do you I feel think- sometimes though, I don't know, it's hard. Like you think people are looking at you, but you might be thinking they're looking at you for one reason, but they Maybe. could be looking yeah. at you for something else. Like, Cause you've got no idea why they're looking at you. And you're like, and in your head, you're like, oh, they're judging me for breastfeeding. Yeah. But I, um, felt, I felt, yeah, I felt judged, you felt judged anyway, yeah. because I had, I was coming back from a country and a place where the, the family I was with were very judgy about me breastfeeding a child over the age of one. It was like, they won't sleep well. They'll get too attached to you. Um, he'll start asking for it and asking for it in public. And that will be embarrassing. People will stare. It's disgusting. That just is so... It's going to become sexual for them. I've had that said to me. And I think it's ridiculous. Like, it's the only way I could get him to sleep. He's now over 13 he's almost 14 very well adjusted well as adjusted, much as a, as much social. as a 13 year old boy can be yeah, <laughs> yeah he smells a bit yeah. he's well adjusted he's social he's happy he's comfortable he's comfortable with his body he's comfortable being around other people in the house and their bodies like if there's no and i don't know if that's because i breastfed and did you kids? have any of those issues? Like I said, like you would have trouble weaning him, have trouble with him, you know, letting no, go. So, no, yeah. I know people do. And it's not to say that if you breastfeed past two years, you won't have those problems. Some children are more attached and it's very difficult to get them to wean. But in my case, it was, I just said, it's your, it's your choice. I'm happy to continue. I'm like happy to keep breastfeeding you. And then one day he just said, I don't want it anymore. And what about your second child? How long did you breastfeed her for? She was less. She was about 18 months. And she, she's always been, as you guys know, (laughs) quite a demanding, forceful child. And when she's made a decision and I remember her just pushing me away one day and saying no more. And that was it. And that was it. Boom, done. Boom, done. I remember the day. It was a Wednesday. It was in the morning. She had a breastfeed when she woke up and she said, no more. Don't want any more. 
And I said, oh, like for the day? And she's like, no, forever. Wow. <laughs> That's a very vocal for an 18 month old. She was very, very, yes, that that was her though. Um, forever. <laughs> I think the thing with also extended breastfeeding is that it's quite sensationalized in the media. You get those articles about women who, you know, I breastfeed my three year old, mm. five year old, and then it goes on to Facebook and any types of other news outlets. And then there was that Time mag. this was a few years yeah. ago. Do you remember that Time magazine? And they had the, the lady yeah. standing, and then the little boy was like standing on the chair breastfeeding kind of like looking yeah Mm. and there's a lot of at the moment there's a lady on Facebook that's very popular and she actively breastfeeds her two and a half two and a half three year old um, and she's pregnant as well and she gets a lot of stick she's she's always saying she gets a lot of backlash from people saying you shouldn't that's disgusting that's that's I think that's the biggest thing. This that's disgusting. Choice. The child can ask for it. They shouldn't be doing it. We also need to point out that it is totally safe. I mean, obviously mm. everyone's individual, but there's no real medical reason why you shouldn't breastfeed whilst you're pregnant. Yeah. And our bodies, like our bodies, are so amazing. Yeah. So I've spoken to people who, you know, they're breastfeeding like their two-year-old, they're breastfeeding their newborn, and their boobs, like somehow your body knows like yeah. which child is going to which yeah. boob. So. I know how they know because it's the saliva glands. I'm kind of saying it like it's magic. It's not magic. Um, <laughs> it's not magic. So I don't know how technical we get. But basically when your baby is on the nipple, the saliva and the chemicals in the saliva goes up to your brain and tells your body what the baby needs. Yeah. So you'll find a lot of people find when they are still feeding an older child and a newborn, they'll get their favorite boobs because that's the boob that's making the milk for them. Yeah, exactly. Also, people forget that when you you have a newborn if you're tandem feeding which could be like a whole nother podcast but we might as well talk about it now feeding a newborn and feeding a toddler the toddler is a great great person to have around to get rid of mastitis lumps bumps because they they're effective at th- sucking. they're effective at, yeah exactly at sucking so i've had a friend of mine who's had mastitis recurrently with all her babies and toddler was feeding the next toddler was feeding and each time the toddler managed to drain her breast effectively to make the mastitis go away quicker there you go look at all the benefits (laughs) so toddlers are great they've got this great suck reflex they're really strong you know it's beneficial and at the same time i've heard toddlers say like at meetings when i was part of the breastfeeding association say that it tastes nice like even my son remembers it. He says he remembers it being warm and sweet. Did you ever taste your own breast milk? Yes. I think everyone will. <laughs> I, I did. I buy it self or in cereal or something. I had it in a, <laughs> with a coffee. I had it in a cup of tea because I had run out of milk. And I was like, I wonder if I can use my own breast milk. I mean, it's my... It's milk. Yeah. yeah. It's milk and it's your body. my, my body fluid. Yeah. Like, it's no different than, I don't even know how to compare, swallowing your own spit, right? Yeah. So it just made my tea taste funny. Like my tea tasted like metallic oh okay there you yeah go. maybe it mixed in with the tea probably. yeah like the tannins or something yeah yeah so but then i because after the cup of tea i was like i'm not quite sure i enjoyed that <laughs> why, why are we doing that again Take so, <laughs> and then i thought you know what i'll just next time i express a little bit i'll try it and, and see what i think and i remember 
at the time, my, my husband at the time walked in and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I'm drinking my own breast milk because I want to know what this tastes like. And to me, it tasted sort of like, it's sort of like watered down condensed milk. It was had the thickness, but it didn't have the sweetness. Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing the sweetness is something that the babies taste and not the adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it didn't really, it wasn't offensive. It just didn't like. Wasn't for you. It wasn't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't good for me. Yeah, I, I have tasted it. Yet. So I remember watching this documentary. It was an English documentary, and um, I can't remember what it was called. I think, um, but it was about a lady who she had like this excess supply, so much breast milk. So she used to pump, and she would donate like ridiculous amounts to yeah. the the milk bank. This was in England, and then her husband said, "He said, look, there's so much milk. He's like, we never even buy milk. He said, I just use it on my cereal in my tea. Oh, wow. I, I know. I was just like, I was like." Well, that's crazy, but I mean, well, it's free. Why not? Yeah. yeah I don't know how healthy they are, actually. And what about, you know, back in the day when there was wet nurses? Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, they they breastfed babies and children. I don't see an issue with that at all. And I think we've seen examples. Who was it? Salma Hayek? Hayek, the actress? Oh, yeah, yeah. And she was somewhere Africa or somewhere mm. doing like a Red Cross mission, I oh, think. Okay. And this must have been a few years ago. And she was currently breastfeeding her own baby and then there was like all these starving babies so she breastfed them in modern society if someone else say yo your baby's crying the sister picks up the baby and you know oh the mother's in the shower i'll breastfeed the baby Mm. so okay i don't mind that but like if it was a complete stranger well yeah i actually witnessed this once (laughs) at work so there was two ladies in a double room yeah and they were yeah hadn't met before but obviously they've been in there they've got newborns they're chatting mm-hmm. and one of the ladies was having a really hard time breastfeeding and yep. settling her bubby the other lady no issues baby hopped on boom done i think maybe her supply had come in a bit quicker yeah and so the one who was having trouble she was like help me so the other mum was breastfeeding for her oh and <laughs> really yeah so i remember i was in real and i was like oh and then they told me it was and they were both very happy with the situation that, you know, the mum who couldn't feed was like, oh my God, you know, she was really glad that she'd yeah. met this woman. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's not something you said. It's like the only, I've seen that once, like the only yeah. time I've ever seen that happen. I have um, seen, I've walked in so, and had a woman breastfeeding the baby and I've yeah. said, oh, mm, she looks different. And she's like, oh, I'm her sister. I'm like, but you're breastfeeding the baby. I think they're a lot of cold. She's like, she's tired. Hmm. And I'm like, she's not even here. Where is she? And she had gone to the toilet. And she said, this is what we would do. And we question it in our culture, in, a, in our Western world. We, we question it because it's like, oh, you know, what if that person has AIDS, HIV, Hep C, you know, all these things that we would test for if we think you know, uh, the babies have been mixed up or something Mm. like that, or a baby gets breastfed by the wrong mother, something like that. So that's what we would do. Oh no, that's it's terrifying. You know, milk banks test the milk and test the mothers and te- like everything like that. But in some cultures, it's just like, just 
Give yeah, it's your someone. family. You trust them. You know their background. Yeah. So. Mm. And you see yeah. some starving cultures overseas that don't exactly have the nutrients. Yeah, to help support. Let's so. look at other countries. I was looking at other countries. Yeah, what do other countries do? Yeah. So in Australia, so the latest statistics show that ninety six percent of mothers initiate breastfeeding, which mm-hmm. is amazing amount. That's great. But by six months, only fifteen percent of people are exclusively breastfeeding. So lots of different reasons for that, whatever, you know, mother's choice or, you know, some people find it too hard, too difficult. And a lot of people don't have the support either. Mm-hmm. So even, Sorry. you know, you see the ones who want to breastfeed and they it's really hard for them to get the support and help to do it. A lot of my clients actually go back to work quite early. So around the four to six months. Yeah. And they don't have the baby and they obviously don't have you know, expressing rooms at work or to even still not exclusively breastfeed, but able to express and give a baby EBM in a bottle. Of course. And that's another thing with our like paid maternity leave is like, can mm. people afford to go, you know what, I'm going to stay at home for a year and just yeah. hang out with my baby and, and breastfeed and, breastfeed and, and like <laughs> raise them and look after them. Yeah. And if you can't afford to and you don't have the choice, then there's not really any option. Mm. If yeah. you're working somewhere and you're like, I can't pump regularly, so I'm going to end up with myself. It's like my well, only option really is some to Some women just can't pump at all because it's yeah. so stressful for them. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at all these different countries. It's really interesting. So India, apparently breastfeeding in public is frowned upon and only 44% of women are able to breastfeed their infants within an hour after delivery. An hour after delivery, I've I feel like we all would have seen that plenty yeah. of times here. Yeah. If people have had cesareans, and unfortunately, sometimes it literally comes down to the fact we don't have enough staff. Yeah. So we don't have a staff member who can stay with you while your baby feeds. Yes. Yeah. What about Brazil? Let's and not talk about that. India, <laughs> like, India that was depressing. Is what India I just read. Equipped to deal with the complications, like maybe these babies are ending up in the nursery. Maybe, yeah. For some reason. In this culture, they'd be able to avoid those problems. Apparently, in Italy, hospitals, Italian hospitals, introduced dummies, formula, and glucose right from birth. I don't know if anyone knows about the Lalesh. Is that how it's pronounced? Lalesh League? Yes. It yes. started in Canada, I, I believe. Do, uh, a few of them. Um, they have an um, adv- advocacy group in Italy trying to raise awareness. Only 19% of women continue to breastfeed past four to six months, despite 85% being breastfed at birth. I find this really interesting. You know that whole slogan, breast is best? Right, and, and like I remember when that slogan started, and people were up in arms. You know, like don't make the formula feeding mums feel bad. It's, well, it's 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 not. It's how you're reacting to it. It I, is hard because there is obviously we all know the benefits of breastfeeding for mum yeah. and baby, and you want to encourage it, but then you still have now mother's choice, and for whatever reason they may choose mm. if they want to. And I always, you know, and of course you, if people want to breastfeed, all behind it you want to help them yes. do as much as you yeah. can and you want them even when it's night two and they're tired and it's really hard you don't want to be like oh here have a bottle of formula because you know that they want to breastfeed so you yeah. don't want to just be like here have a bottle of formula <laughs> you want to help them and the prevalence of cesarean rates like cesarean rates we know are really really high and whether it's a cold caesar as in a planned caesar or you know an emergency caesar that affects breastfeeding rates as well and once women sort of get in their head that 
they haven't got enough milk and there's all these factors that are contributing to them not being able to breastfeed. They're less likely to breastfeed past six months, past 12 months because they found it so hard in the first three days and they've watched, remember our podcast on things in the media, and they've watched, you know, women just put babies on the boob in a movie like it's easy it's just oh this is the best moment of my life and it's not always it's a struggle and it's a dance and you have to learn it between mom and baby and I think women forget these things and that they're often facing challenges that you know 50 years ago maybe they didn't face the same challenges more women were maybe pushing out babies I don't know and also if we look at maybe I don't know 50 years ago it was people would be staying 10 days in your postnatal ward yeah now a lot of people are checking out after 24 hours 48 hours Six like hours, boom, gone. done <laughs> when do you have the time especially if this is your first baby when do you have the yeah. time for us to help you you know teach you about breastfeeding you go home after six hours you've still got a sleepy newborn who just wants to sleep they've been born like all they want to do is sleep you know one night later they're like crazy monster i just read an interesting thing about rwanda which is apparently has one of the highest rates of hiv in the Mm -hmm. world um but it also has one of the highest breastfeeding rates in the world with 90 percent of mothers breastfeeding but But, well the thing is if your option is feed your baby formula made with dirty water or breastfeed you're safer to breastfeed So maybe women in Western cultures, if they stopped and and see a a three-year-old or four-year-old breastfeeding, most people may say, oh, I don't think that's right because they're too old. But maybe we should change, start changing the way we think and say, wow, that's really amazing that mum was able to get to breastfeed for that long. Like, look at how amazing. Maybe she really struggled the first three months and this was a goal for her. We're not lifting each other up when it comes to breastfeeding. You know, we say to women all the time, well, I say to women all the time, I want you to feed your baby. I want you to be able to parent as well. I want your mental health to be well. And if they find breastfeeding so soul destroying and they can't get through it, then I'm not going to force them to do it. No, of course. Take that bottle. (laughs) But if a woman says to me, all I want to do is breastfeed, because that's what I was like with my first child. I said, all I want to do is breastfeed. You know, come hell or high water, I'm not putting a bottle in this baby's mouth because that was my choice. Not anyone else's choice around me. It was my choice. But feeding a one or two-year-old, people stare at you. And the first thing they think is breastfeeding's for the mother. It benefits the mother because it's keeping the mother close to her child or it's gross. Or, I mean, it does benefit yeah. the mother, but it benefits the baby too. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with some of these stats here. I'd be interesting to find out if the stats are for the first child only because do they stop breastfeeding oh. the first child after six months and what happens when they have the second child because they're aware of what happened with the first child. Do the rates actually increase? Also, they have less time now. They've yes, got two babies. Two yes. True, true. I also agree that it also comes down to a little bit of lack of education because 50 years ago, no one knew any about tongue ties they didn't know anything about lactation consultants either mm. and people just put children on the breast because that's the way to feed your baby there was mm. no such thing as formula and if women knew about all these long-term I can't think. Issues? <laughs> like benefits? Long-term benefits. Long-term benefits, and they might actually do continue. And how many undiagnosed tongue ties do we think are leaving oh. the hospital and that are 
causing, you know, like, yeah, causing problems with breastfeeding? From my experience, a lot. Because to uh, properly, I don't want to talk about makes a tongue tie, but to properly assess a tongue tie, you actually need to put your finger in the baby's mouth, not just look at the tongue and go, oh, it doesn't look Mm. like a tongue tie. (laughs) That looks like a tongue tie. Do you feel, so when you are doing your visits, is it more, is it like part of the, like, normal assessment to assess for a tongue tie or is it something you do if the mother is saying she's having problems breastfeeding? Uh, no, part of the physical check is to have a look at the, you know, the face and how the tongue moves. But if they do say, oh, you know, it's hurting or there's something going on, like a little light flash, you go, okay, have been assessed. Mm. And they go, oh, they looked in the hospital and said it was fine, but do they actually feel the tongue? And I work next door, luckily, to a lactation consultant who always just comes in and goes, yeah, this is, you know, this mm. is a tie. You need to do something about this. Because most people say, can the baby sort of lift their tongue up, but can they lift their tongue over the gums and can they push you know, it forward? Can they push it forward? Yeah. My son had a tongue tie. I never did anything about it. So I think with Sam, it's no yeah. issues at all. And I could see agree. that he had it. And there's different types oh, of tongue yeah. tie as well. There's not just your regular, Anterior. like can't poke your tongue yeah. out. There's yeah. the it's lots beautiful. of fancy, yeah. fancy yeah. names. Anterior, lip tie, cheek tie. Yeah, there's all these. I think people can have tongue ties and not yeah. have an effect feeding but and I and I will say as a midwife myself we received very little education mm. about it mm. like very little education about this is what a tongue tie looks like this is how you assess it you know you can tell so. when you're looking after a woman who's been breastfeeding a toddler I can always tell because of how they hold the baby and every time I see a woman with the baby in this position where the, the body's like falling down their lap and the baby's like grappling at the boob. They're like half holding the head out. And I say to them, did you feed your first child for over a year? Oh, yes, I'm still feeding the three-year-old. Oh, okay. Well, this is a baby, not a toddler. You can always tell. Do you remember that client we had that night? On night she got mastitis so she was feeding her toddler and her baby and only oh. from the one breast. Oh, really? Why was she yeah. not feeding off the other? Yeah. I can't actually remember, but all I know is we got called in at like four o'clock in the morning in the middle of a crazy busy shift and one breast was literally blown up the size of a watermelon. With I don't remember breath. that. Must have been tired. It was four in the morning. That's when I hit the wall. Yes. <laughs> and we're there trying to get, help the crying baby and express her. And <sighs> Wouldn't it be nice if we allowed toddlers who were still breastfeeding to stay in hospital? Like a, nice. a family room or something. You say like a dad and baby and... I'd like a room at our hospital any hospital that's like a communal breastfeeding room where women can go and sit around and chat and then I think it probably wouldn't work because some of our women don't speak English or don't. It's hard. so I have seen rooms like that in private hospitals that yeah. I've worked in they have breastfeeding rooms um, and there's a lactation consultant on staff who is yeah. on staff all day in a breastfeeding room and the ladies can go into the breastfeeding room and they all sit you know there's like big comfy chairs so it's not there's no curtains there's nothing dividing there so if the lactation consultant is over there giving advice to Molly or someone sure. you know Jenny sitting next door, she can see exactly what advice she's getting and what she's doing. That's so good. And do they utilize it? So yeah. They do. I found people utilize it and I found I would always say it was part of the general education. So you'd say, yeah. This is the breastfeeding room, this is when it's open. And there was signs up in all the rooms mm. saying when it was, and then they would also have a a physio. <laughs> a physio would come oh, in, yeah. like so twice there would be scheduled time, the physio would come into the breastfeeding room because you've got this audience 
audience, this ready-made audience, and then she would do a a little talk um, about general sort of postnatal physio health. So then your your people are getting physio advice and also they're getting breastfeeding advice and they're this little community. Public hospital. We tried to initiate it, but people just couldn't come because we were scheduled at like. We did. We tried. We tried like ridiculous. Was it for physio? It was physio and. I don't know if it was breastfeeding as well, but I think it was mm. physio and something. But, but when you've got a, a room that's open from yeah. 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. and only closed for an hour for lunch, like between 1 and mm. 2, mm. then you've essentially got all day mm. that these women can come. And then... They've got the funding. Yeah, they've got the funding <laughs> and they had the flexibility. So it wasn't yeah. even always a set time. Like if there was a lot of people in there, mm. the physio could come back in. And mm. then, you know, they had the money that as well, a physio, she would come around and it wasn't, you didn't have to put in a referral. Or this woman, this video would come and see every single woman post birth. I wonder if there's so, higher rates of breastfeeding or continued breastfeeding women from who private. Have private- that would be interesting. I'm sure someone has done a study oh, there. Sure but I do have. not have the figures for that study. We'll um, probably look that up. We'll look, we'll look back on that later. <laughs> yeah, I'll, let me have a look and see if there's anything else interesting in other countries. Let me see if I can yeah. find that. Don't you love how organized we are on this podcast? <laughs> doing the research uh, as the pod is happening. Yeah. But that's the beauty of the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> our tangents but it's all it's all it's all interconnected it's Every, all everything is connected because the the moment you birth a baby however you birth the baby the moment the baby goes onto your chest onto your breast is the beginning of breastfeeding whether you breastfeed for a month six years seven years three years it doesn't matter women in our society nowadays need to be sort of lifted up and told okay. that's okay to have an extended goal. Like if you want to breastfeed your child, I've had women say to me, well, I breastfed all my children for three years. This one's not to be any different. And that's her goal. And I think we should support Definitely. At the end of the day, everyone has to do what is right for them and what is right for their baby because it's never just because something's right for Joan over there doesn't mean it's right for you. So you have to work out what's right for you, what's right for your baby and just go with it and ignore the haters. Like they're not there at two in the morning when your baby's screaming. Exactly. So, Exactly. (laughs) So according to a study done in 2017 by the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Oh, yes. In breastfeeding in hospital, breastfeeding initiation, babies put to the breast or ex- attempted to express at least once 94.8 percent in public hospitals but only slightly higher 96.7 in private mm. final feed before discharge exclusive and directly from the breast no complimentary express milk was 79 percent in public hospitals which is actually higher than the private, than private. it's so hard is it because private has all this support but they also have the night nursery so the night nursery was open between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. and I found this across the board at multiple private hospitals that I've worked in and it was utilized by a high percentage this is just in my experience yep. a high percentage yep. of of mums yeah um, interesting so yeah if a baby's in the night nursery they're getting alternative milk other than breast milk some mums oh. had EBM and others were happy for their baby to have a bottle overnight okay so essentially if the doctors are promoting, promoting it, it then the, the women are more likely to do it yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Well. Yeah. Well, any, there you go. <laughs> any final 
thoughts on the topic? Just be fucking kind to each other. And yourself. And women. And yourself. Be kind to yourself too. If you see a woman at the park breastfeeding her three-year-old and the first thought that comes to your head is, ew, stop and go. Don't judge. Don't judge. It's none of your fucking business. Move along. Go keep pushing your kid on the swing. It has really nothing to do with you. Or maybe engage in conversation with her and chat to her. Chat to her. Baby child on the breast. So, I, you know, lift each other up. Maybe she wanted to do it, but she was too scared to. And now she's just finding another way. And instead of going up and actually talking to this woman and finding out you know more about it then she might be more confident to do it in the future don't bag it out because parents have got to do what they've got to do to get their children to sleep so that's right they do they do that's how okay. i have both <laughs> working when you're, you're running your husband has to work and get up at 6 a.m and you're going to take your kids to school and you're going to get little i would have died without breastfeeding two-year-old sammy to sleep do what you got to do okay <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed another episode of head on view so as usual follow us on on Insta, Head On View podcast, mm-hmm. like us, subscribe, download, all that jazz. All if there's any topics you want us to cover or any questions you want to ask, DM us and we will get to them. We will see you next time. Bye, bitches. Bye. And be sure to tune in next time for more laughs, thrills and real stories from real midwives on Head On View. I didn't know it was still recording.